The Albany Common Council held their bi-monthly meeting on February 23rd. The council read aloud a letter from Mayor Kathy Sheehan explaining her veto of the resolution passed earlier in the month requiring new development in the city to have an increased amount of affordable housing. I am returning to the Common Council without my approval, Ordinance 421-22. To be clear, my opposition to this legislation is not a signal I disagree with creating more affordable housing. It is about the math and the economics of attracting development, growth, and diverse housing options to the city of Albany. I once again stress affordable housing is a regional issue and placing burdens on development in Albany will simply shift our projects to our neighboring suburbs and cities and will deny our residents access to new housing and the benefits of increased tax base. Should Ordinance 421-22 become law, virtually none of the projects in our nearly $1 billion development pipeline will be commercially viable. A representative from Conifer, an active affordable housing developer in the city of Albany and across New York State, stated when a local municipality introduces legislation that restricts inclusionary units at 50% of the area medium income, you immediately tell a developer, market rate or otherwise, that they need to go and seek out some type of operating subsidies or development subsidies, and you may be missing the intent of the original legislation. Typically, we would see the municipalities would be at 80% area medium income. Ordinance 421-22 is flawed on many levels. It will ultimately lead to fewer housing units being built at a time when the state is mandating that we grow our housing stock. And it will ensure that few units are built in our city will be heavily subsidized. Low income supportive housing further concentrated in our lowest income neighborhoods. By voting to approve ordinance 421-22, the Common Council has disregarded the expertise of economic development and affordable housing professionals with decades of cumulative experiences helping attract and create both affordable and market rate housing. This ordinance will hurt our tax base and result in Albany missing out on some of the most substantial growth our region has seen in decades. It will push development to the suburbs and residents in our formerly red line neighborhoods will continue to bear the burden of concentrated poverty. I urge this body to reconsider the information shared by these professionals and allow my veto to stand. The Common Council will vote at a future meeting on whether to override the mayor's veto. Next, there was some discussion of a resolution urging New York State to fund a permanent free school lunch program up to the 12th grade. Councilmember Romero. There was a federal program during COVID that funded free lunch to all students, but the program expired in June of last year. There's been some data from SUNY Albany School of Public Health that showed that 70% of Black and Hispanic capital region households experience food insecurity, especially uh, more so since COVID. And there's been um, studied correlations between childhood hunger and the effects on absenteeism, scholastic performance, and behavioral issues. So uh, this bill in the state legislature right now would create this universal free meal program 
and it has so much more effect than just providing free meals to students. It would also eliminate the 24.9 million uh, per year unpaid school meal debt, save families about $140 per child in grocery bills, but then it would also eliminate the stigma with receiving public assistance. I think it's a really wonderful bill. I'm, I'm hoping that it moves through the state legislature and I'm hoping for its passage today in the Common Council and uh, co-sponsor from ev as many people as possible. Mr. Johnson. And I just wanna say I'm in highly uh, favor of this as a educator, as a student who uh, went to school 19 when you used to have to pay for your lunch and we didn't have money to have lunch um, and they gave us a different lunch and the stigmatisms that are uh, connected to that apply a lot of pressure to students and you know currently all of our students receive free lunch free breakfast and it's just a, a tremendous amount of pressure off of uh, people at a time when uh, people are struggling so i think that this is important i think it's you know a sign of the times where you know a lot of people that unfortunately their first meal and and sometimes their only um good meals are at school so with that in mind, I think it's only right that we um, support something like this. The resolution passed the council unanimously. During public comment, several residents spoke in favor of a citywide moratorium on Airbnb-type short-term rentals. My name is Daryl McGrath, and I am here tonight to ask the council to impose a moratorium on all new short-term rentals in Albany. The proliferation of short-term rentals will continue even as the council considers regulation. In our immediate three-block area around Irving Street, we believe we have at least four houses that each may have three or four units of short-term rentals. Do the math. If you multiply that by eight or ten streets in Albany, we may already have several hundred units being operated as short-term rentals throughout the city. The draft ordinance is based on the expectation that managers of short-term rentals will operate on an honor system. How in the world will the city compel compliance with an ordinance? This draft ordinance has no clear penalty for illegal operations, and the proposed $100 registration fee is a joke. This draft naively suggests that this is a cottage industry of owner-occupants. I believe that the corporate short-term rental industry could destroy affordable housing in Albany. There are obviously responsible owner-occupants of short-term rentals, but the commercial industry in this practice is prevalent, and it is already a huge problem in this city. Please do not assume that opponents to short-term rentals are privileged homeowners thinking, not in my backyard and not on my street. Many of us have been tenants, and homeownership for me personally was a very hard-earned dream. We are very concerned about the depletion of affordable housing in Albany. And again, I urge the council to declare a moratorium on new short-term rentals. Thank you. Marie Bruschi read the comments of Nancy Goody. She wants the city to declare a moratorium preventing the creation of additional short-term rentals in the city. She thinks this should be for one year or until the city can prepare proper 
reasonable regulations for these short-term rentals, and the affected neighborhood residents should be involved in drafting these new regulations. Short-term rentals remove affordable housing from Albany residents. Short-term rentals are the same as hotels, but in a residential neighborhood. The vast majority of them are not homeowner-occupied. The vast majority are owned by out-of-town investors who are motivated by profits and don't contribute to our city. Short-term rentals are hotels, and their guests do not pay a nightly, daily hotel tax. These hotels do not employ union workers as other hotels do, and the city does not get any benefit of a hotel tax. In fact, they're not regulated in any way. Anyone can buy a property and turn it into a short-term rental or a hotel. Every other business we can think of in Albany is regulated. Listings frequently indicate more people may be guests or rent rooms than is legally allowed in our zoning laws. There's no way to check on overcrowding and the legal definition of a bedroom, which we think is being violated already by short-term rentals. Guests or the hotel managers often do not shovel, don't rake, don't sweep as required, and that's happened on Irving Street. The vast majority of these hotels, she calls them, are located in the nicest and most historic parts of Albany, in our small historic residential neighborhoods. These historic districts are special places because owners have cared for and created well-maintained buildings over many, many years, despite adverse conditions. Therefore, they are attractive to the residents and the visitors, and now out-of-town investors are leaping on the benefits without any skin in the game and with no thought of their own adverse effect on the very areas they seem to invest in. How many hotels are acceptable on one block in the city of Albany? Three, five, 20, every building? Reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine, this is Moses Nagel.